Wake up. Hello, and welcome to Sisters with Ventures, the podcast where we amplify black and brown women who are angel investors. On this show, we will explore what is angel investing, how to become one, and why would you want to be one? We will discuss how the most marginalized women persevered to the very top of the investing spectrum. Whether you're making money moves or barely making money, listen up. I'm your host, Leisha Bell, co-founder of BLXBC, an angel syndicate run by Black and Latinx women who are on a mission to represent ourselves and claim our seats on cap tables. Stay tuned. In this episode of Sisters with Ventures, I'm joined by Shamika Preston, a marketing professional, member at Pipeline Angels, loving mom, sister, wife, and homegirl from Brooklyn. Shamika is currently in the process of making her very first angel investment. We will talk to her about her journey. Listen in. Welcome to my world. Thank you for coming to my house and talking about this very important topic. Okay, so post-pandemic, or I guess we're still kind of in a pandemic, but this is the first house I've been to in... A year and some change. And it's COVID-free. And it's COVID-free. Vaccinated, COVID-free household. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen you in so long. So we actually go way back. We do. We used to work together about mm, 15. mm. Yep, 2006. You were my first friend at the bank. Aww. I was like, who is this beautiful short person with all this hair and all this personality? (laughs) Did I have personality that first day? I thought yeah. I was kind of calm and tame. You pretend to be calm. I do. And then you activate. It takes me a minute. Well, why don't we tell the folks who you are? Where are you from? What's your story? It's always hard for me to tell that because I think as you evolve as a person, your story kind of changes. I mean, the origin never changes, but the story changes. So right now I am really trying to figure out who Shamika is. I consider myself a mom of two busy, crazy kids. Right. I have a husband I enjoy. I live in a city that is teaching me a lot about social justice and civic engagement. Right. Um, but I think under it all, I am Nita and Jimmy's daughter from Brooklyn. I Brooklyn. Am... And you are a fabulous sister to how many siblings? Four. You love this. Okay. So (laughs) quick story. Leisha came to my baby shower, which was in New York, across the street from the neighborhood I grew up in. It was a festival (laughs) of people who looked like Shamika. So it was like just my immediate family, really. It was, you know, maybe a hundred (laughs) people. So, but it was nice because it was like, you know, nobody really experiences my life in California because they're all East Coasters. So it was nice that Alicia got to come. I was exposed. You were exposed. I know. You really found out who Shamika was that day. It was across the street from the project. <laughs> Cousin Peanut was there. <laughs> the, the cops intervened. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a fun New York moment. Yeah, and you're the daughter of a police officer. Well, you know, I wasn't going to add that in quite yet. But yeah, so, you know, it, the police intervening wound up being... Um, 
able to be squashed very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Face and be connected. (laughs) So there's so many stories to tell from your background and moving to San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. So tell us about like your career journey. So interesting. We were actually talking about that a little bit on the way here. So I actually started my career as wanting to write radio commercials. God saved me from that. (laughs) (laughs) But I worked at a radio station for a little while. So my marketing communications career started in media. So I worked for a radio station that was owned by Viacom. So I was in the MTV building. Hey. Uh, That was always a lot of fun. We were on the same floor with Nickelodeon, but we were the radio station. We were like the step kids. It was, it was, I'm sorry, you work where? (laughs) So I did that for a few years and then I moved to ESPN.com. And that I think is where I really got into digital media. And that's what brought me to Wells Fargo. And I've been at Wells Fargo for a very long time. Um, Did you beat me yet? How many years did you have? 15. I'm tied with you. (laughs) Lifer in the house. I know. So I'm tied with you. 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time you came to Wells, you had already had your MBA. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about like your money. So <laughs> dang, let's just jump. Let's right just let's go into all up into your business. Let's do it. Because to be an accredited investor means that you have accumulated some wealth over time, essentially. And so to be an angel investor essentially signifies that you have some amount of disposable income to use at your discretion. Correct. According to the SEC. According to the SEC. Right. Now, in the Bay Area, a million may not seem like a lot because of the high price of real estate, properties, higher wages here, but it's still a feat for 98% of America to obtain this type of net worth. Can you talk about like your relationship with money based on like where you came from, where you made it to and still evolving? Yes. Okay. So I'll start with the fact that I'm cheap. How cheap are you? I'm pretty cheap. (laughs) So I am like super careful with my money. And tell us, were you born rich? Did you inherit I was not. Were you a trust fund? That is a great question. Okay. So no, I was not born rich. And actually neither were my parents, which I think is pretty important. My parents both spent a lot of their lives in the projects. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily at the same time. My father grew up in the projects. My mother spent her adult years in the projects. And I always had like a foot in a different world. So like I was poor during the week, but I was middle class on the weekends. (laughs) It was very strange. Like, (laughs) you know, my sister and I would go on vacations, but my mother didn't leave the five block radius. Right. And so I always had this weird kind of existence. And thankfully, both of my parents cared enough about our education that, you know, I have two degrees. And leaving New York actually helped me almost double my income. Just moving from New York to California. (laughs) And then, you know, the tech industry is big here. My husband's in the tech industry. And so we do well. We own real estate 
I think we've made some bold decisions with our money. And sometimes in retrospect, it was like, why did we do this? But it worked out. And people talk about like diversifying their portfolio. I was always kind of intrigued with having a nice cushion, right? And I did it not just for me, but I did it for my nieces. And yeah, I think it was just my nieces at the time. So I always wanted to like, like I said, I'm cheap, but I'm not stupid. (laughs) So if I'm going to spend my money, I want it to grow for me. So I started investing at a relatively early age. Maybe it was in my 20s. It wasn't that early. But I started investing for like my nieces at an early age. And then their parents would ask me questions and I felt like I had to have the answers. (laughs) And so I want to go on record and say, because I work for a financial institution, that I am not a financial advisor. (laughs) I just, you know, have disposable income, as Alicia said. So... I would invest for them. And one of my nieces, actually, she was like, why are you making these decisions? She was like, eight. And I was like, oh, I invested for you in, I can't remember what it was. It was like Foot Locker, because she loved Foot Locker. And she was like, I didn't make it any money. And I was like, that's a great question. But in my mind, this was a long-term investment. So I wasn't you know, quite worried about it. And so I was like, you know what? I got to do my due diligence because my nieces are coming at me. <laughs> And then my husband's like super supportive. And I mean, he's just super smart too. And so this mindset was, it was front of mind for him too, to like, how do I want to invest? So we have kind of a diverse portfolio. We have a portfolio of stocks that we hold on to. We do short selling. We have properties. We have some longer term investments through our angel investing. So yeah. So let's talk about your journey to Angel, because let's just say it took a few years, a few years. What year did you start? I started in 2016. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was already two years behind you, and then it took me an additional three years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Shamika, I really think you should get into Angel Investing. Shamika, yeah. Shamika, like what was your process? Like what took you so long to dive in? Okay, I told you I'm cheap. Right. And so, but I'm not stupid, but you have been making other investments. I had been, but okay. So in 2016, I had maybe a six month old. Right. And then in 2018, I had two kids. And so I think one putting me first was one of the big things. Like what does Shamika want to do? And I want to say the pandemic really helped me make a decision because, well, okay. So the pandemic was part of it. I had had some career coaching and life coaching. That was the other part. But also my husband, his friend was like, oh, hey, I'm doing this angel investing thing. Do you want to invest in this company? And my husband's like, okay, how much do you need? And he just wrote a check for (laughs) like $10,000. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I was supposed to do this with Leisha for the last, I thought it was three years, but five years. (laughs) And I was like, that's it. I'm doing Pipeline Angels. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And that was kind of how it happened. And I didn't realize, like, I went back and looked at, like, my 2018 goals. Mm. And my 2018 goals was take Pipeline Angels boot camp. So I put my interests and needs off so that the family could be okay for, like I said, I thought it was three years, but now I know it's five. (laughs) For five years. So my journey was more about being confident in Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do and putting me first, at least for a weekend. Right. 
Right. As a mother, working mother, in a pandemic, and homeschooling. Why you got to talk about all that? We were having fun. (laughs) There was a lot going on, but you took some time, you know, and you took a break. I took some days off of work. Yes. I closed the... Okay, my office is the kids' room. I closed their door. I kicked them out. I was like, y'all can't come in for three days. And strangely, they didn't. And then at the end of the three days, I was like, why was nobody looking for me? (laughs) So, yeah. But it was a good three days. It was well worth it. And I'm glad for the second time, I'm kind of following in your shoes. So, first of 15 years at Wells Fargo. (laughs) Because I think, obviously, you're making smart business moves and you know even with all the other stuff you had gone on mommying and you know, right teaching and deal flowing <laughs> you're able to do what you want so yeah why not jump on the Alicia train right right but I think also like not only was I recruiting you but you had validation in other ways that oh Okay, so I'm not trying to make it seem like you were like the pusher. You did great. You were just like, I'm doing this thing. And even in having an MBA and investing and working for a bank, I still didn't even know what you were really talking about. I mean, you explained it and it was, and I think it came to life for me over time. Like you were like, oh, hey, look at Young King. And I was like, is this something you want me to invest in or you want me to buy? And you were like, both. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I have a son. So I was like, I went out and I bought the product. And I realized, I mean, I realized it before then with Minted, but just kind of like over time, it stopped being like this scary thing. And it's like, oh, angel investing. Oh, I could literally be a part of a company that is already in Target. Right. Right. (laughs) That already has a functioning website. Right. Exactly. So at first it seemed like this, like really... I don't know, this thing that was like over my head. And then it was like, oh, this is real life. Like, oh, I could just go and buy this makeup. Oh, I could just. Right. Yeah. So. So you joined Pipeline Angels. I joined Pipeline Angels. Which is an angel investing boot camp for women and non-binary femmes. Yep. Tell me why it's important for you to be at the table. And how have you seen how valuable it is just to have you in the space? So I think one of the things I take for granted is that (laughs) I have opinions too, right? I have interests, ideas, opinions, and depending on how large the room is, like sometimes that can get drowned out or depending on how small the people. So, you know, in my house, nobody cares what my opinion is. (laughs) They're, They're six and eight. They don't care. So having women of color, well, I'll just start with women and non-binary femmes, minorities, so or I'll say people of color at the table is super important because my perspective is going to be different from your perspective or from a white male perspective, even a white female perspective, different from yours. So it's important to have a lot of voices at the table and people with different backgrounds. And I'm not trying to say, oh, diversity is that we, you know, we went to a division two school. Like (laughs) I got that when I worked at ESPN. Okay. But you have to open the room to have different voices at the table. And so I think I have a lot to offer, which is validated often when I ask a question and people are like, that's a great question. It's like, of course, it's a great question because my perspective is different from your perspective. 
let's talk about being seen, right? Because I think you see yourself as like behind the scenes, quiet, but in actuality, that's not really who you are. And I want to remind you of this story. When okay. I was watching the Santa Bland documentary, and there's a scene with this man, and I'm like, who's the police officer talking about the scene and how kind of police need to respond to the situation? And Shamika's like, that's my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's your daddy? That's Shamika's daddy. And to me, you're like a daughter of the movement. And so Shamika also has Black Lives Matter painted on her home for all people to see. And so to me, the way that we activate looks different. It's not the same walk. But to me, you are very intentional about who you are, how you show up, how your children show up, and the space that you want to take. With even with your petite self, <laughs> you know, like, so I want to talk to you about kind of your reckoning because it's a force. Thank you for saying all those things. So you ask me how many siblings I have. I have four siblings, but I have a ton of sisters. And this is why it's so important because I would never have described myself in that way. And actually being described in that way scares me, right? right? Because it's like, you don't know your power, but other people see your power. So a couple of years ago, I worked on this vision board and the vision board, like I had a bunch of people over my house, you know, we, other black moms, you know, we were doing like a clothing exchange or something, but we said, we're also going to do vision boards. So I started doing the vision board and I cut out this image of these like black women with their like hair in different ways, but they all had on these like army fatigues. And I don't know if they had on Timberland type boots, but they might have. But they looked like they were going to kick some butt and take some names. And I cut that out and I put it on my vision board. And then I saw something and it said, like, I want to be at the table. And I cut mm. that out and I put it in my vision board. And then I got so scared of my vision board. I threw that thing <laughs> in the garbage. I was like, oh, my God, like that woman is powerful. And I don't see myself in that way, like in that kick down the door kind of way. But I'm also not a shrinking violet either. Like I'm the middle daughter. So I play that role a lot. I like to see people at their best. So I try to, you know, bring people up instead of always being in the limelight. But somehow I'm always on somebody's camera. But so I feel like there's always somebody behind the scenes, right? You know, you talk mm. about like the women of the Black Panther movement or even the beautiful woman running the camera right now, right? There's always somebody behind the scenes making stuff happen. And I'm okay with being that person, but I'm also okay with laying down the law when it's necessary. But I don't take that tact a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can't all be Angela Davis. We cannot. Angela Davis is one of a kind. She's one of a kind. But still we, amazing. Still amazing. And she's here in Oakland with us. She's still fighting the good fight. She's still fighting the good fight. And I will say, being in Oakland, I think, taught me more about myself mm -hmm. and the legacy I want to leave behind than I'm going to just kind of say than I think I would have learned in New York City. Mm. Like I Those New Yorkers think they're really woke. Yeah, we don't know anything. <laughs> You're not completely woke until you move to Oakland. <laughs> I mean, it's where the woke movement started. <laughs> but I mean, that's this interesting dynamics, right? Because I myself, who is 
a Californian, but from LA. I felt like when I relocated to Oakland, I got a different perspective, a different kind of rootedness of like activacy, advocacy and radicalism. Yes, I agree. It's like almost everybody in my school PTA, I shouldn't say everybody, everybody I know in my school PTA is an activist of some kind. I call my family back home and I'm like, they're all different kinds of activists. Like there's like an education, you know, equity activist. There is a social justice. There's environmental. Like I never would have, I don't think I would have known any of this in Brooklyn. <laughs> so why is it important to invest in women, people of color, non-binary femmes? Okay, so I have two answers for you. One, if we don't, who will? And the reason I say that is because historically, not very many have. Mm. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, so one of the reasons I moved to Oakland and put up with all this crap. One of the reasons I moved to Oakland was for kind of this, I don't know if I realized it at the time, but like that kind of real deep interest in social impact. Mm. And I want my kids to know that I'm about something. I want mm. them to be about something. And so one of the ways that my husband and I invest is to make sure that we are leaving or helping others to leave a legacy behind of having a positive social impact, either mm. here or on the continent of Africa. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Brooklyn, Africa, Oakland. <laughs> so there's a lot of people listening to this show who are extremely curious, you know, they may not have known about angel investing before. It's maybe their first time hearing about it. Okay. Do you have any words of wisdom? I would say to any women or binary femmes who are interested in investing, trust your gut, right? So I think that's kind of what I was trying to portray earlier when we were talking about power. Like we don't always trust ourselves, right? I mean, you do all types of due diligence and you're never going to have the answer to every question. So the first thing I would say is trust yourself and your instincts. And the other thing I would say is we spend our money on all types of things, right? And don't make this like this, I don't know, super uber gigantic, I don't want to say problem you have to solve for, but don't make it like this much bigger thing than it would be if you were investing in the stock market, right? You're investing in a founder, you're investing in an idea and trust it, trust the founder, trust their idea and trust yourself. Like that to me is the biggest thing. You know, we spend money on all types of things. Spend your money investing in someone who's doing something good for families or the environment or, you know, community, small or big, and you can't go wrong. Great. So Shamika, we're grown. Very much so. But we were young, not too long ago, you know. My daughter would say it was a long, long time ago. Yeah, they probably would. They probably would. But we have a group that we like to call the Aspiring Angels. Okay. They're not there yet. Yes. But they want true. to get there. You know, what would you tell younger women and femmes interested in angel investing? I love that question. Okay, so the SEC has a very specific definition for accredited angel investors, right? But you can angel invest at any time, right? Mm. So the way that I invest, I come in and 
I can't speak for you. I know probably going into Pipeline Angels you did, but we come in on the friends and family round, right? And so that means that as someone's friend or someone's family member, you can invest in their company. And so that's one way to do it. And then there are other ways to support new businesses through crowdfunding. So that's an option. Black Girl Ventures has this super cool crowdfunding app. Razify. Yes. It's super cool. And so, you know, anybody can invest in a company that way. And so I would say if you're interested in angel investing, do a little bit of research to find out like what kinds of companies, like just think about it as I'm leaving an impact. What kind of company do I want to have an impact in? And search on Razify for one. Contact me, contact Leisha. We have tons. But come in on the friends and family round and that'll get your kind of feet wet. So... Let's talk a little bit about friends and family. Okay. So today I actually was listening to Melissa Bradley of 1863 Ventures. And she said, friends and family for black people is like, can you give me $200 next week? And I need it back by the week after. <laughs> like we don't have people who can give us $200,000 for us to really equip ourselves. Right. And so that's why it's important to come in as friends and family for people who don't have friends and family who can give them that type of money. So That is a really good point because it's also important to note that angel investing is a long-term investment, right? So I can't get my money back tomorrow. You cannot get your money back in two weeks. It is (laughs) generally a seven to 10 year commitment. And then, you know, hopefully you'll see a return. (laughs) I mean, it is a high risk investment. It is a high risk, high risk investment, but the wise really should be, I, in my mind, the driver for why you're doing this. I'm supporting a black woman founder. I'm supporting community. I'm supporting generational wealth. And so I'm supporting the lure of venture capital funding is that essentially is debt forgiveness capital. But essentially, you're investing in something greater than yourself. That was it. Okay. So a lot of times when we invest And even in our 20s, like I started investing in my 20s, we don't really do that much due diligence, right? We're not spending a lot of time trying to figure out how much return on the investment (laughs) am I going to get, right? Like I said, when I bought the shares in Foot Locker for my niece, I was just, I didn't even have an answer. She was like eight. I'm like, I can't even answer the eight-year-old, you know, (laughs) just putting my money in. And so what I would say is, Yes, you're investing in a company with the intention to get a return on your investment, but you're also investing in a person who, like if you think about like all the tech founders, they didn't just build one tech company, they built many tech companies. So you're not just investing in this current idea, you're investing in that person and their potential. Exactly. And so, you know, this idea, you know, may not be the one that's groundbreaking or you know, makes you rich, but you're trusting that they have great ideas and maybe that next idea will be the one. I often tell people, like, what if we had a black PayPal mafia? So essentially you have this one company called PayPal, which is where I work full disclosure, who produced Elon Musk, who produced Yelp, who produced YouTube, who produced all these, these ecosystem of founders came from the same place. And we invested Peter Till in, in each other's companies, right? And that's how we should think about oh, as a way to cultivate wealth. I love that. Yep, that's right. Right? That, that's right. 
So yeah, a whole world full of fems and brown founders just you know, indigenous people right all the colors rainbow tribe we i'm telling you if we did that like seriously as a society every problem would be solved right because when you bring up the people at the bottom you bring everybody up you bring everybody up yep 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 and so i don't want people to think that this is charity or philanthropic this is business business we talk business you got mba i got mba <laughs> right <laughs> We are capitalists at heart. I'm still paying off loans. You're still I'm paying still paying off loans. <laughs> We're taking this debt paid. Get this debt paid. This is about business. <laughs> so I think putting that lens and that perspective on it is like the ROI means a lot more than multiples. Right. And I'm gonna get multiples because I'm investing in people I believe in. Right. Right. To right. execute. Right. And then, but to go back and the social impact. Right. And so. Every little bit that we put back into our society, I think, generates a very big return. And it, the return might not look like cash in your pocket. It might look like some happy children because they got whatever, some social emotional skill set or, you know, whatever. It might look like a happy mama because she got black girl yoga going on. And unfortunately, we can't always quantify those things, but they matter and they make a really big difference. Right, right. Thank you for your time, your energy, your commitment, and amplifying the work that you do because it's important. It's important to me. It's important to people who love you. And people don't even know you who's listening to this will absolutely be inspired by your walk. That's so nice. And I want to say thank you to you for having me. I love you so much. And for believing in my power. Your mini superpower. My mini superpowers, Lord. You made Brooklyn proud today. Oh, right, because I said ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out this show, Amplifying BIPOC Angels. We're so happy to have Shamika Preston as our guest today. And please stay tuned to upcoming episodes and please share this with a friend. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this show. Please subscribe, tell a friend, check us out, let the world know. You can find out more information about this podcast at LeeChabelle.com. And remember, be an angel, invest.